Welcome to Casual Watch Talk. On this week's show, we discuss Paul Thorpe's recent interview with Anthony from the Timepiece Gentleman. Casio finally makes an all-metal Casio. Fears celebrates 175 years, and we discuss the best Seiko watches from the 1980s. Welcome back to the show. You're joined by Sam and Chris. Chris, how have you been? Ah, excellent. Got a uh, got a little little bit of rain yesterday, so a little bit of... <laughs> A little bit of beat the heat. We're uh, we're getting into August here, so yeah, it's warming up here in Florida as well. Well, should we roll into the first story that we're going to talk about? And this is the recent interview that Paul Thorpe did with Anthony from the Timepiece Gentleman. Did you manage to to catch it, Chris? Yes, yeah, Sam. I caught a little bit of it, but uh, you know, not too much. I kind of, as we've discussed, want to stay a little bit out of the watch drama that we make but uh, certainly something to cover here on our show yeah and hopefully i'm going to be on paul thorpe's show this week hopefully i'll get this podcast out before i do that yeah we won't go on about it too much honestly and as always the shows are chaptered here but it is worth mentioning because it is watch news i thought that paul actually did a good job i know a lot of people and even he feels like he could have done a better job he had some technical issues with his airpod headphones I can totally relate to this because I used to demo software, quite complex software for a living when when I first moved over to the US. In fact, for one of the top 14 companies in the world, they had a very complicated platform. And I can tell you, even the slightest technical issue, usually, Chris, I'm sure you get this at your work, it's the projector. Mm, That like the projector messes up your resolution, especially if you're trying to show that full screen. So I can understand there's an argument maybe you should have had a backup pair of wireless headphones. But again, Paul's not a professional right. interviewer. I think, honestly, I feel like he needs to be cut a lot of slack because people wanted to hear from Anthony. Anthony probably wouldn't have done that interview if it wasn't for Paul Thorpe because... They're, they're, they're friends or they're, he said that they're kind of internet friends. They've never met in person. And all the questions that Paul thought got had sent through to him were from people who'd emailed him in. And he'd done a lot of background work, which people aren't doing credit for. Anybody that had claimed that Anthony owed the money, he followed it down, asked for evidence, and he couldn't really find anyone. Maybe there was one person where a, a wire had fallen through or something or the guy didn't have PayPal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess I thought he did a decent job. Key highlights, I would say, from the interview were Anthony explained that they definitely, it snowballed, which we called it, didn't we, Chris, that? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it got out of hand quick. <laughs> yeah, so they, they'd intended to do the blackout. They'd intended to do the social media blackout. And then, but by the Tuesday, by the time that article had come out, it had got unwieldy right it gone way out of hand and he said that even marco had been called by the police the police chasing up to see what happened but then i think anthony's issue then was he got i think he got in love with the attention that was happening so he doubled down on it Uh, so he's like no we're seeing this through and then that's obviously (laughs) when there's like swat outside they've got the building cordoned off the helicopters are flying overhead they're calling the phone with the police is calling on the thing and they're like and like youtube everyone on youtube is calling and they're like hold on i got this you know you're like oh it's too much it's too much And, and he did explain that 
they were actually they fully planned the charity work. I think we we have to believe them on that. I know we thought that it might have been an afterthought. I think they totally underestimated the the snowball effect that this had happened. I mean, Paul Thorpe said it right. You would have thought Anthony had killed somebody. <laughs> it, it it you know the way that people yeah. were reacting to it, and I can understand I can understand people that were invested in the show. They invested a lot of time in their show, and their their shows are in excess of an hour long so you are spending a lot of time following these guys so i can understand i can understand people getting upset quite the level that some people went to with it broadcasted their addresses and stuff like that i think is beyond the, beyond the pale really but the other thing that i thought was confusing is he really he doubled down and said that he definitely didn't forewarn anyone he didn't forewarn paul he didn't forewarn Roman or Nico or anyone and that really didn't make sense to me because he should I think he should have done he because you need to ask advice from people that are more experienced than you and he's ended up sullying possibly sullying a lot of relationships and trust for trying to be a bit too clever with his marketing especially especially if he's dragging those people in or talking about those people or like there's references and that or that he's you know known associates this kind of thing um yeah i felt yeah like there was no there was no stop you know in the way that he doubled down but there was also no stopgap for him to say like hey is this does this seem like a good idea and none of his you know none of his associates are like no that's not a good idea but it was too late he said that he does have a men- a mentor that but I don't think he would have asked his mentor about that advice. Maybe he did. One of the other, a few interesting highlights were this $2,000 membership that he had. The question that Paul asked was, were the people that asked for a refund get a refund? And he said, yes, I've started refunding them. Apparently, he had 300 people who paid two grand to be wow. part of this wow. club. Yeah. What's happened afterwards is he's then, since his mentor's given him some advice, and they, it sounds like they're going to shut the whole thing down. So everybody's okay. going to get their money back. Okay, interesting. And they're yeah. not going to—they're not going to roll it into a big store yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I, we're in the—we're in the wrong. I think we're in the wrong market, Sam. We need to—we need to start a Patreon and start making pizzas on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, our pizza Patreon pizza channel. <laughs> Patreon pizza channel. Uh, you know, with the top five top five things to do with pizza. Uh, I'm sure we'll be we'll we'll collect more of an audience, but uh, it's in that way. I, you know, I see this, I see this media changing. I see this, dem- the demographic changing. I see the, the, the attention spans changing. Um, and it's interesting what will, what will fly, what won't. And how, you know, you have groups of audiences who are, you know, willing to, you know, watch, watch this stuff and, and pay money to see this stuff. So the, uh, the ever changing, attention span of humans i know that some people won't be happy i guess until they shut the business down and then be done with it i wish them luck i think they've as we said last time they're just gonna have to just keep pumping out quality content this they have released two videos since that and they were certainly more humble they were definitely more watch focused they were definitely more about how they do their deals and things mm-hmm. like that, about how they do the business. So I, I, yeah. I think that that's the avenue that they're yep. going down. That's perfect. That's perfect, and that and that matches up with what we, what we definitely said, which is like we just need quiet, quality watch content 
without any of the mirror-facing drama of the watch community. Well, let's dive into the news now, the watch news. So first story I had, Chris, which I thought was really interesting, is did you see Jeff Bezos' recent race to to space that he had with uh, Richard Branson, although he claimed that he went actually further into space? <laughs> yes, they were a little, a little back and forth on that, depending on your definition of the Carmen line, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, did you know that actually they did, Jeff Bezos did use Speedmasters for that. So apparently they had this Speedmaster Blue Origin. There was nothing unique about the reference of the watch except, and they haven't got a picture of it here. I'm showing an article from Fratello Watches for our audio listeners. They apparently the back was engraved with the Blue Origin logo and they had this custom velcro band they haven't got a lot of pictures on fratello watches you can sort of see it there apparently there isn't a photo of this but the fratello watches also reported that they were wearing two watches speedmaster professional and they were wearing the skywalker which i know is a fan favorite of ours isn't it oh so they actually had both the sort of the legacy and the current space watch on yeah and now i don't fully understand what were they in space for like 15 minutes or (laughs) something Four odd minutes, yeah. Yeah, four. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, yeah, what was it? Branson was. Branson was four. They were eight. It was very. It's just a short, you know, a little, a few minutes longer than whatever you would get on the uh, on the zero G plane, like about a minute and a half on the zero G plane. So you're like good for four and a half minutes or something like that but um yeah yeah exactly like well i mean you could time it without you know not too bad i think there was a lot of ceremony to both of those a lot of people commented that in this you know in the space nerd area that i follow that it was sort of like an award show you know at the end they're like oh yeah you went to space and then they're like clipping pins on everybody and everyone's like what everybody gets astronaut wings now is that what you, you just spend quarter million dollars and just shh, there you go like this and then there was like the whole comment of like you know well you flew a plane to space well i drove a rocket to space and you're like guys this is a rocket plane like it goes to space like <laughs> like what are we doing? with the two watches or with with any of the watches that they wore kind of it kind of kind of goes down to that like how i compared it we were talking to some friends and how I compared it to is this feels like the next Mount Everest for rich people. So Mount Everest had turned, has turned into, I mean, if you have the money, you just, you just pay the money. I don't, I don't know what the current rate is. Let's say, you know, $50,000, whatever it is. And you scale that mountain. Of course you have to, you know, of course there's some physical, you know, that you have to do, but I mean, but all the stuff, you know, all the stuff is provided for you. The, 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 the you know, the, the Sherpa, the tents. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like the planning, the radios, the mountain, when to go, when not to go, the advice, the climbing gear that, you know, the, that's all provided to you. And you just, you just have to show up and uh, yeah, yes, there is some uh, physical aspect to it. Obviously you have to be fit enough to, you know, to make it. I, I granted it is a, it is a physical you know, physical feet, but it, but it's starting to feel like it's just the next pay your money and get to the top and look, I'm on the top of the world and take a picture. So there's a lot of like the, uh, astronaut wings that you get when you, when you make that flight, when you, uh, so there's a lot of the, the, apparently the FAA just changed the rules on how that is given out for commercial flights. (laughs) 
So like they're expecting like hundreds of people to now get these, you know, I've been the space wings. Um, and it kind of, it definitely changes the dynamic of we are conquering the edge of an unknown universe and you brought this cool watch, you know, in order so that like, if something happened, this was like, this is like a, truly a, you know, a tool. This like the Speedmaster on the moon, truly a backup clock, a back for the flight computer. Um, and now you're changing it to like, you're giving Almost everybody like jewelry, the, space jewelry. Yeah, space jewelry. You're kind of giving everybody that feeling. So, so I, yeah, I see both of them be like, well, this one went to space and this one went to space. This one's on eBay and this one I'll keep or something. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> well, what was funny as well is I must have had wearing two watches on the brain because I watched, have you ever seen this awful film with Val Kilmer in it and Marlon Brando called The Island of Dr. Moreau? It's been made a couple of times, but the most recent one was made in 1996. I I can't say that I have. The, and the only reason that I bring this up is because I was watching it the other day and I happened to notice in there that Val Kilmer was wearing two what looked like either Citizen or Seiko watches in it. It was like the most bizarre, it was the most bizarre film and then suddenly... There's Val Kilmer wearing two with watches like, in it. With like Velcro, with like Speedmaster Velcro straps. <laughs> well, the, the thing with it is, is that the film itself is, he's supposed to be virgin on crazy in it. And I don't know whether, so the way that he dresses is quirky and, and so on. So I don't know whether they were trying to indicate that he was a little bit weird or a little bit out there by having two watches on it it never fully explained why he wore two watches in it but i just thought that was hilarious because there i was you had to watch jeff bezos in his blue origin with his two watches and then an awful film with val kilmer in it but (laughs) anyway (laughs) before we dive into the rest of the news we've got a sponsor for this week chris we are sponsored very kindly by the folks over at Chrono24. I use Chrono24 quite a lot. In fact, just let me show you this just to prove it. I've currently got a watch here on Chrono24. I've used it several times. Chris, have you ever used uh, Chrono24? I, I use it for research, but I definitely have been tempted to, to list with them. Yeah, I find the... So they sponsor this show, but I find their listing very easy to use. Just a couple of words about them themselves. The platform has new and vintage and used watches on there. They have this trusted checkout, which is kind of like an escrow system. So you pay the money and then when the buyer receives the watch or you receive the watch from the seller and you confirm it, they then release that money. So it's a fully secured checkout system. And they have a customer service that is in 22 different languages as well. So you can actually ring them. And I often see a lot of watches that are from different countries. So good to know that that uh, you, you can get kind of support in any in any of those languages. I also like the fact that they have that graph that shows you the trend of prices. So you can see the watch and then you can actually see what it's sold for over that period of time. Yeah. Check it out, yeah. guys, and a big thanks for Chrono24 sponsoring the show this week. Well, let's continue on. One thing, Chris, that I thought you might find amusing is that WatchPro cited some research that was done. So it looks like Rolex continues to be top of the list for the most searched terms for fake 
thing. So apparently, fake Rolex was searched 228,000 times last year. So fake Rolex searches were almost twice as much as second place Louis Vuitton, which generated 118,000 entries. So Gucci came in third. So if you see this top 20, you've got fake Rolex, fake Louis Vuitton, fake Gucci, Yeezys, Crocs. Who would fake Crocs? What? 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 Oh, God. (laughs) I know. Fake Nike. First of all, don't don't do that. And then second of all, like, what are they... You know, yeah, <laughs> they're not that expensive. <laughs> it just goes to show what we've been talking about recently. They're just this this prevalence of fake Rolexes and people reviewing fake real versus fake Rolexes as well. Yeah. And we, you know, we had a great, uh, I won't, uh, I won't get too far into it, but we had a great discussion uh, over, over on our Facebook group. So if you're not a member of our Facebook group, definitely check us out. Uh, ask to join. And we had a great discussion that was that was kind of talking about everything uh, in between that gray area that exists between literally fake and the real article and the like design, uh, you know, the, 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 the design homage, the, the copies, the cheap, you know, and just the whole rank. And so just, yeah, good discussion. Definitely on people's minds. It's uh, certainly I, you know, what surprises me is now in the in the in the modern era that we are living in that that you you wouldn't want the real thing i mean i i it's it's strange sam sam you and i mentioned a couple times this weird like 1980s tv trope of the you know the guy in the raincoat with the rolexes and fake rolexes selling or selling stuff on the streets in new york that kind of thing these like cheap knockoffs and yeah, it's just strange to me. There's a fascinating documentary on Netflix. The name is completely, I completely can't remember the name, but I'll flash it up here so that people can see it. And it was all about how uh, Nobler, very famous New York gallery, got totally duped into buying expressionist art that was that had been faked. What was interesting was the forger when they actually, this isn't a spoiler alert, they say it in the first 10 minutes. The forger who was making these artworks Jackson Pollock and so on Mm, mm -hmm. was Chinese and it goes into a bit of the history about how in ancient Chinese culture it was the highest form of praise to copy somebody so if you Uh. copied an artist not only were you showing off your skills but also you were paying homage I guess to that artist and they're saying that that is a cultural thing that has spread now even to like fake watches and stuff like that. It was really interesting because I'd never really thought about why is China the main epicenter for fake watches. Yeah, and that really like that. Yeah, that def- that explains a bunch of stuff because their um, their manufacturing processes. Like, I mean, they they would just they'll just make copies of of cars. I mean, car parts and. And it was only until recently where where the where the economies of scale and the uh, technical evolution of not only their their watchmaking and their you know their manufacturing, where it's like now we'll just have them make it because they're so good at that you know that copy sort of thing. That's fascinating. Let's have a little bit of a break before we dive into the rest of the news, and let's do another thrilling episode of Hit or Miss. This week on Hit or Miss, 
we don't normally do watches that are just so out there like this or so out there in price, but I couldn't help, but I'm a big fan of graffiti art, graffiti artists. This is <laughs> another one from Jacob & Co. And this is, they've teamed up with Alec Monopoly. Now, this Alec Monopoly is a famous graffiti artist. There's a great mural uh, that I saw in Austin the other week. If I can find a picture, I'll, I'll show up here. Alec Monopoly has actually done collabs with Tag Heuer before, but they've done this absolutely insane uh, collaboration where, if you can see, he's got a lot of his main characters. So he's got uh, Scrooge McDuck there. Scrooge he's Mac, got his yeah, Monopoly the, man. The Monopoly he's guy, got his... Yeah. Uh, they've done this incredible video. So it's... It's this style that they go for with the, with the spinning earth. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. So it's based on one of their their movements, and they've kind of added these characters that also. And the Monopoly guy is that Richie Rich as the Monopoly guy? Is that the is that the thing? Yeah. yeah do I you know so. what? I think he does use it's Richie like Rich. So maybe this yeah. maybe this is Richie Rich. Yeah. Maybe this is the um, the Monopoly guy as a sort of a yeah. Lego character Becoming or something, that, and then funny. you've got. Yeah, you've got Richie Rich with the maybe with the wings of of money there, but oh goodness, six hundred thousand dollars, it's yours. Okay. I've noticed a Jacob and Co. I think I've noticed a Jacob and Co. on a on a very famous or famous in the financial scene on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I think he wears one of these, but mm. anyway, what? Uh, <laughs> I mean Scrooge McDuck. I mean, you had me at Scrooge McDuck, right? <laughs> oh goodness. Uh yeah, I ooh, yeah, completely completely hilarious. Uh I mean <laughs> as a as a as an art piece. Yeah, I'm going to say a miss. <laughs> I I think it's quirky for sure. I think if you were going to go for a Jacob & Co. one, and if you like this style and you were going to go for a Jacob & Co. one, I think that one he did with The Godfather, with the um, where it's got the music box inside that plays the oh, Godfather right. logo, yeah. or the Scarface right. one. Yeah. I think I, you can't fault him for not trying new things, I think. <laughs> so. I know. This weird like crossover, like we were talking about, like this weird crossover between art and art and watchmaking and, and like, how, you know. Where where is that line? That's certainly pushing that pushing that line. Well, let's uh, let's carry on here. Did this totally flew under the radar for me? And I don't know if you spotted this, Chris, but did you know that Hamilton Khaki Field Watch comes in? They made it in bronze. Have you seen this? Uh, what I I feel like I did, but I'm not. I'm gonna okay. Yeah, all right. That's uh, I thought I saw it pop up on Instagram, but I it didn't re- it didn't resonate with me. It didn't I didn't I didn't realize it was what it, what it uh, what it was. So this is this is the khaki field uh, hand wind in bronze, and then we'll ask the Chris metallurgy nerdy question: stabilized bronze or patina? Yeah, it doesn't actually say it i don't think it just says that it has a titanium case back with soft brown leather nato each bronze case was will develop its own individual patina based on environmental exposure allow the patina to develop for a unique look you may use a microfiber cloth i think i mean i think i think it looks okay i've got a feeling it's a lot more expensive than the other than the standard version one 
I've got a feeling it's they've got it at eight hundred and twenty-five dollars there, but I feel like the I feel normal like it's one six six hundred. No, what's I feel the, like the, the regular normal mechanical. One is, yeah, it, I feel like oh, it's the, um, oh the. Uh... I mean, these are list prices, aren't they? That's the one thing with Hamilton is you just would go to Joma Shop or something to. Like so there, so there you go. Oh, there the you sta- go. Okay. The standard one they've uh, okay. listed five, five seven, two five five two five. Okay, okay, uh, five. So they're three hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, I think, do you think it's worth it for the extra? I mean, you'd have to really like, I mean, you have to really like bronze. Are we, are we post? So right now, what I noticed the other day, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, a lot of green dial watches lately. Bunch of, bunch of green dials showing up and it it seems to be like making a bit of a resurgence. Is it to that end? Is bronze over? Are we over bronze watches? And then now we're into green dial. Yeah, I wonder. I maybe Tudor reboosted it with their recent bronze watch. Oh, true. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it felt like uh two. I'd say maybe yeah, about two years ago, it felt like the it was a serious like bronze fad because we had Oris. Um, we we had a you know a bunch a bunch of companies were coming out with these with these bronze divers and um and then it just got to the point where like you know you could get seiko mod cases in bronze which is super cool (laughs) if you if you want to go that route um and so yeah maybe it just it just kind of uh faded away a little bit and then they were like well you know this is this is an option people people uh another uh metal that we can that we can make it out of so certainly certainly smart for hamilton to, to do that especially with that model you know, very easy for them to do. Like, I'm, you know, Seiko could totally do that and pick up. Yeah, they've never done what Seiko haven't done one, have yeah. they yet? I don't think so. Or, I don't think they have. Or Citizen. Hmm. Yeah, kind of stayed, kind of stayed out of that market. I, yeah, I can't think of a. Yeah, I mean, they went. They definitely. I mean, they titanium, and then different, uh, different materials. But yeah, it's kind of stayed out of the bronze. So. That would be interesting to see, but um, yeah, I think yeah, three hundred seems a, seems a little much for that now that now that it's but it seems like a special kind of special edition. We have to find some long term bronze wearing, you know, viewers and and get them on the show. And be, yeah, and, there's a few uh, on the Facebook yeah, group. Yeah, so I want to, we want to see yeah, post them up in the Facebook group. We want to see we want to see long long term bronze. We want to see like what the patina looks like. What what are these what can't you, you know, what are you afraid to do with them? What what do you do? Or you do everything with them, that sort of stuff. Um, interesting material. And, and certainly, yeah, it takes on its own little story, which is great. Yeah. Next story. This is pretty cool. I think Casio lately has been one of those brands that seems to just be listening to their fans. So they made that the Casio G-Shock. It was a resin watch. And then just a horde of modders were like, this will look amazing in metal. So they started <laughs> adding the aftermarket metal cases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, soon to be out now, I can't find any US retailers retailers that have got this at the moment, but they have, they're have. going to be making their own metal Cassie Oak. Now, I know they've got metal watches that look like this already with that kind of octagonal thing, but this is the, the one that the fans nicknamed the Cassie Oak. So they'll be... The only shame with it is it hasn't got 
a metal bracelet on it, but it's they've got this grey version. There's also one with a red dial and a blue dial as well. So yeah. what do you think of this, Chris? Uh, I, I, it looks good. I, you know, it's funny that like these have grown on me. I if, when this first came out, people were like turning them into Cassie Oaks, you know, and they're like, ah, you know, we put the metal case on them, whatever. But like seeing that, seeing like seeing more of them, and like this is growing on me. And I'm sure with that strap, I'm sure the aftermarket strap is is impending, is 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 on its way. <laughs> Is you know immediately going to be available to uh, to add to this? Um, yeah, I I think it's yeah I think it's cool. It definitely, it's a style that's that's kind of grown on me. I saw some of the new ones too. The the colors look kind of funky, and uh, as a fun uh, you know sort of summertime uh, you know going to the amusement park kind of those colors are great i've bought one of those aftermarket cases for my i've talked about it on the show before for my dw 5600 and they're they're getting really good with those now at the moment they these aftermarket bracelets and aftermarket bezels are making for these casio watches the machining's got a lot better than a few years ago when i had a look at them for sure well let's move on to another friend of the show and that is nicholas over at fears watch company so fears the brand is going to be turning 175 years old it's one of the oldest british brands and apparently to celebrate he's going to be releasing a limited edition watch but he's also releasing this book so this will be available on amazon soon but if you're a watch fan he hasn't said what the price will be he's got roger smith dr roger smith Mm-hmm. to do the forward for him but mm-hmm. it looks like just an incredible journey through the 175 years of the fears brand so to it goes all through the history and then he's got some of the the pictures of the watches that he's found fears is such an interesting british brand it was f- shut down in the 70s and then nicholas himself who is the fourth managing director he calls himself bought the brand back to life it was a passion project and he's turned it into quite an amazing british brand that i think yeah. anyone who's english can be very very proud of I, i'm i follow on instagram and i delight at the artifacts that he finds whether you know we saw some of those sort of in the pages there whether it's a it's a dial from a watch but then just the, like the receipts and the marketing and the and the like and the paper slips that they you know used to put in the boxes and things like that and just that like to really capture um to, to take a snapshot and revive that brand and say like you know this is this is what this is what this was like a hundred years ago you know when someone would come into our watch shop down on the you know the street and purchase uh you know purchase a timepiece from us it's really cool Fratello's Watches did an interesting article on the Seikos from the 1980s that you should know. So I thought it'd be interesting, Chris, if we went through this and see if there's any that you recognize, any that we might have owned in the past. I know, right? Or seen in the past. Yeah, let's take a look. Yeah, there's a few. So the first one they've got on here is the, the famous James Bond one, one that Roger Moore wore in The Spy Who Loved Me. And this was the the Seiko H three five seven five zero four zero. It looks quite dated now, don't you? Although I think that style's coming back in fashion. What do you think? Yeah, it's like uh, it's like an so it's a like an Annie Digi sports watch, kind of integrated bracelet, the little screws on it. 
I mean, at the time that, you know, it's funny, they get the like the Lotus in the background and the like, uh, it's a, certainly, uh, certainly a piece of its time, a piece of history, <laughs> a snapshot of history. <laughs> it's, I, I know it's, it seems weird, doesn't it, that looking back on that, that James Bond wore a Seiko when he's so commonly associated these days with Omega and then with the Rolex that the Roger Moore years were really the, the Seiko years. And that's right. I don't know. Uh, yeah it still seems a bit weird to me but the, as a gadget especially that one in octopussy where he had the um mm. tv camera on yeah. it yeah the next one they had on here as well is the original tuner so the original golden tuner here quartz one so this is the seiko reference number is the seiko 7c467009 the golden tuner They've recently released this. I like the look of this. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't seek out a vintage one. I think some of them were quartz, weren't they? And yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go for a vin yeah, the new ones fairly similar fairly similar style. They really kept the the style of that shroud. Yeah, and, and they, they did do a very so they did a a limited edition one, as they always do, which was very expensive. And then they did one that they were they were selling for like $300 that looks very similar. I mean, that the hands were slightly different, but yeah, I, I've always like, I've never owned a tuner though. Have you ever owned one of the tuners? No. Yeah, no, it's a, tuners. it's an, it's a, it's a certainly, a, it's, a, it's a very like unique, I think it's like a, uh, I mean, when I see it, it's very diver focused. So I, I, I just, I, I just missed, it just missed my, uh, my attention. For anyone that's not, seiko minded the it's called the tuner because it looks like a tuna can that it's nothing it's not actually to do with the tuner in the sea for diving yeah it's uh it's not yeah. it's not that deep it's yeah not we that nicknamed it the can yeah the tuna can yeah exactly yeah. then the next one chris the very famous and it seems now very valuable original then again a nickname the ripley yep, the ripley from aliens classic classic i this is another one of those styles that you're like were people actually wearing these <laughs> and and then you like look at you look at pictures you know look at old pictures of the the 80s and it's like people in you know the the bright pink windbreaker with the fanny pack and the Seiko chronograph on it, like all modern style it's pretty funny what is cool about this watch is obviously aliens is set many hundreds of years i think in the future and this watch i mean they made a modern interpretation of this don't they tgv's got one and i think that they the even the modern one looked great i mean this they made a couple of different versions of it different colorways because there's also the bishop one as well so the character the robot the android in it bishop i mean this one even if you've got one of the modern ones they're only going up in price and i think the even the modern ones they did a great interpretation of it as well seiko i think they i think seiko is very respectful of their own designs unlike bulliver i don't mm. think bulliver not not their moon watch but i don't think they did a good they've done a good job of some of their reissues they've made them mm. massive or yeah 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 i think you might yeah i think you're right as far as like staying true to the style and staying true to the size. We've got, of course, you can't live, you can't leave the 80s without the Seiko 
H558-5000, the Arnie, which again, they've they've reissued, haven't they, Chris? Yeah, that's right. Schwarzenegger. And I'll be so back. He, he wore this in, in Predator, like films, Commando, right? yeah. Raw oh. Deal, Running Man, and Running Twins, Man. it says here. Oh, wow, and Twins. Oh, God, there's some good there. Oh, Running Man. I just had a... <laughs> T uh movie flashback. All right. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good I, stuff. It reminds me I of, like uh, Running Man. Oh, it's yeah, it's great. It's very uh it's it was originally it was originally uh it was written by Stephen King. Was it? it was not, yeah, the original original concept of it. When the uh, Super Nintendo came out, they had that game that was loosely based on it, Smash TV. I think it was called. So if anybody's not seen Running Man, check it out. Basically, it's it's the mo- it's a proper 80s dystopian film. This one surprised me, Chris, that I, again, one of the beautiful things about collecting watches is you never, every day you're finding new watches. I had never heard of this watch. Did you hear of this, the Seiko Astronaut, the A82960019? This, this looks similar to the, the, the data bank, but it's not that. Wow. No, I, I, I'm, this is new for me. So apparently this was worn in space. Okay. Um, yeah, it was the final watch. They say it was the final watch on their list, and it has a special story. And it was picked by astronauts to be the watch on their wrist when flying into space. Hmm. On the so we, Challenger STS sixty one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was a. It was a. He was a Dutch citizen that yes. took it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then it went up with a German astronaut, Reinhard Ferrer. And yeah, he won. The, he wore. That's the guy that won. The, wore the uh, the the Zin one hundred and forty. Oh really? On that same mission, yeah. That's interesting. Oh, so he, was like dub- he was like doubling. This up. this is why it takes you watches to space, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> for you, when you're in space for eight minutes. Because great, because you like. Then you're like, well, I took this watch to space. I just, I yeah yeah. I I wonder. We should start. A, we should start. A, how much money do you think we can get? So we're so Sam and I are going to go to space, and we're going to wear eight watches. Yeah. <laughs> Who would like to be the first thing watch thing in space? We will we will help you out. First, first. Uh, watch <laughs> review YouTubers in space. Yeah, exactly. Or if you have a particular model that you would like to see flown, space space trials will begin shortly. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, guys, let us know what you think of those stories in the comment section down below. Like and subscribe if you're new to the channel. Please head on over to our Facebook group and become a member. There's some great conversation we've been having over there. As always, we appreciate you watching, and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.